This is the Rower's Choice Podcast. Hey everybody, we've been on hiatus on our podcast for quite a while and it is now January 2021 and officially this afternoon, we don't know when this recording is going to go out, but we announced our partnership with Pocock Racing Shells and with me today is John Titus. We're going to be talking about the state of the rowing world, where we think rowing is headed from the collegiate world all the way down to the high school and um, masters rowing. John, this has been an up and down world for us in 2020. I know it's affected Pocock. What are some things that really grinded your gears in 2020 this in last year? What, what really affected Pocock out there in Seattle? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I remember, I remember vividly on March, uh, I think it was 23rd, uh, having a meeting with all of our crew here and saying basically, Hey guys, um, you know, we're getting shut down by our governor. Um, Rowing, believe it or not, was not deemed essential. So we had to close our doors while we were closed for the better part of a quarter. Um, And I remember telling the guys that day that everything was going to hinge on football in the fall, college football. And um, then went on with another explanation of why college football is so important to the majority of our constituents, which are American colleges, universities, men and women. And... um, uh, it was, it was, it was quite, it was a dark moment. It really was. I mean, it was still, uh, no one really knew what was going on. We had a wait and see. Uh, the sad part of this is that I think we are still in a wait and see. Um, here we are a year later or better part of a year later. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was our year. Um, uh, but we sure built a lot of small boats. Um, we didn't, uh, I looked, we didn't build an eight. We did not lay up an eight. Um, until I think uh, sometime in August and the previous, we hadn't built one since March. Um, and I believe we hadn't built a four. We hadn't built a four since uh, um, I think the first four we built after March was not even until I think, um, yeah, November, October. Now, yeah. now, 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 I know I was out there recently. Your guys are back in operation, right? You guys are, are now back in production. Um, what, what happened with college football? I mean, has that done anything good for where we are today with the NCAA women's rowing programs? Um, well, uh, I don't know. You know, I think there's a lot of questions you're going to ask me today that my answer, I, I apologize, is going to be, I don't know. Um, I've been told by numerous friends of the company, customers of ours, um, hey, John, we still don't know what our budget situation is or or even more, uh, even worse than that, some have said, hey, we do not uh, have any budget for equipment this year, let alone next year, it's been reduced already. So, and, that, and you couple that with, um, you know, good customers of ours that had their programs cut completely and are not coming back. Well, let's talk about that because that, that's actually like a really big thing. You know, Stanford, Dartmouth, GW, yep. North Clark. I mean, there are teams falling by the wayside. You guys have been in business a long, long time, 110 years. In your experience with Pocock the last 35 years, have you ever experienced anything like this before? No, no, no. The downturn around, um, you know, 08 was um, something that was a real blip, but, um, you know, it's really funny. We always considered our business to be pretty much recession-proof. We really did. Um, And a lot of the ways it's like a too big to fail type of a thing is what it's turned out to be. Um, We thought that there was no way in 
God's green earth that college football was going to go by the wayside. Yeah. And if college football was healthy, then women's rowing was going to be healthy. At the very least, women's rowing would be healthy and most likely men's as well. Um, and yet here we are. What is a, what, what are the, some of the conversations you and your dad have had together going? I mean, he's, I mean, he's been in the business forever, you know, yeah. compared to us. So like what, what are some of the things you guys are talking about regarding college that regarding that college stuff? Same thing. Hey, are we playing football? What's the, you know, the PAC 12 played in the PAC 12 played, I think six games, five games, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily the, you know, um, we've got a lot of good friends that have, uh, there are teams in the SEC, the ACC, um, Big Ten, um, Big 12 programs like that played bigger seasons. But um, you know, in the Pac-12, there were never any fans in the stands. And that's a lot of the, uh, a lot of the income generation is from that, um, uh, as, well, as well as TV. But um, yeah, so his conversation, we've, the conversations he and I have had together uh, literally revolve around um, football, and then as far as specifically the state of the shop, uh, how the guy's doing, you know, how are we doing? And, um, you know, we, we run our business pretty carefully. So we've been able to um, uh, take good care of everybody, but um, it's not been easy, put it that way. Well, so do you think that the whole college world is a trickle down effect that if, you know, say, say 10% of all colleges lose their programs, does that play a major role in high school rowing, club rowing? and masters like does that trickle down i hope not i don't see i mean I, i've never seen a high school program get cut uh due to funding i mean there's just not the the engine that runs collegiate rowing for the most part at least women's ncaa rowing literally is football women's ncaa rowing would not exist if it wasn't for college football and the offset for title nine so um i don't think it's a matter of i don't think you're going to see clubs um you know rowing clubs and junior clubs cutting the sport and if anything if this if this pandemic has taught me or us anything um like i said we're building a lot of small boats so the value of small boats i hope that's here to stay mm-hmm. um you know everybody wants to consider the, the what they call the european model of getting kids sculling early um but uh, i sure hope that is something that sticks around for a while here in the states um and i if that's if there are less, if there are less programs for, for high school kids to achieve to go to, you know, is yep. that's what I'm getting at. You know, if there are 20 teams less, that means that there's possibly what 20 times an average of seven scholarships. You're talking 150, 160 kids possibly that just wouldn't have anywhere to go. And you know, high school rowing is this big I and mean, it's small. It's not very large. I mean, is that, yeah. is that a concern? Like, do you, do you envision that possibly happening? I don't want to be a, doom and gloom here but this is the state of the uh, rowing world I'm just trying to get into it well i would actually hope i would actually hope for the opposite i would like to see that uh maybe people can take it take a step back and really and really realize the value of rowing specific to other sports um and um that's been uh, my mission for the year is just getting more people rowing um i think this sport is unbelievably valuable um and i boy if, it, if there wasn't if there wasn't the funding and the money tied to it and people just sponsored the sport or included the sport in their club programs, uh, just because of the value that it brings, um, that might be a breath of fresh air. So let's talk about that, right? So value of rowing, it's obviously made a major impact in our, both of our lives. I mean, I'm, you know, rowing is who I am. Um, I guess I would say 
where do we start? How do we get people to start believing the value of rowing is important? I think you start it at the eighth grade, seventh grade level. Um, but as a manufacturer, you know, there's not that many boats that can fit those athletes. Um, so how do we get the word out there? What do you think we do to show the value of rowing? Well, I just think that you need to have uh, the right people teaching kids the right things. Um, I don't think it's a boat problem. I think there's plenty of boats out there. Um, uh, I've never met a kid yet that, that uh, got bright eyed when they first set their rear end down on a rowing shell that considered what boat they were in as far as its age. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were old. Uh, their glee was based solely on the fact that they were getting pushed off the dock by themselves and they were free. I mean, that kind of a thing. And um, mm -hmm. Man, the more, the more kids we can teach that to, I think um, the better off we're going to be because that's what fosters a lifetime in the sport, which, um, I, again, I can, it, only, it only can bring good things. All right, so it's January, uh, spring season. What's your gut tell you about spring racing? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think today I just saw a note that the Patriot League um, – uh, is gonna has a pretty aggressive plan to go ahead and um, uh, race all spring. Yeah, uh, which is great. I think there needs to be some leadership like that from conferences like the Patriot League. Because I, I, I believe I, um, I get confused, but I believe the Patriot League was one of the first ones to cancel the season last year after the Ivy. Sounds about right. That rings a bell. So, the fact that they're coming out and doing this, I mean, that's that's real leadership. That's great, you know, because I think um, there's been enough people. Uh, there's been enough people of managing this and finding ways to keep their teams healthy through the whole thing. Uh, man, I sure would like to see a season, but I understand all that goes into that and the red tape involved and the bureaucracy that runs our sport, sadly, that, uh, you know, who knows? Um, there's a lot of well-intentioned people that want to get things going and then through no fault of their own are going to have nowhere to go. So that's, you that's may have all this too. Uh, one of your, one of, I would say ours biggest customers, uh, Clemson, they row Pocox. They, they, they are a, you know, a program that, that, that lives and dies by the Pocock brand. I think they announced, the school said that they're gonna welcome racing. They're gonna welcome people at their boathouse. Did you see the same thing I saw on Road 2K a couple days ago? I don't remember seeing that, but I do know that the ACC specifically has been rowing all fall. I know um, Duke and Syracuse have been rowing big boats. Yeah. Whereas everybody else was rowing small boats, um, Clemson was in small boats, so that was a that was a school rule versus a conference rule. They'd been um, they'd been sequestered to small boats all fall, uh, but um, yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that's what it takes. I think someone needs to put their foot down and say, "No, we can do this, and we can be safe." And I understand if no one's going to fly anywhere, but I mean, there's such good rowing all over the country now. It's not like the thing with the NCAA is they have to have this cross-regional competition in order to figure out who deserves to go to NCAAs. But right. it's a great way to do it. But the reality is, is there's good rowing all over the country now. So it's not like you've got to get on a plane in order to race somebody uh, to then get invited to NCAAs or the IRA. Uh, they can all race uh, in their regions um, by bus for the day. Don't have to worry about staying in a hotel room. They just travel safely get to where they got to go, knock these races out, go home, and then uh, get back to practice again. I mean, that's, so, there's nothing I, wrong with that. I think I know your position on this. I remember having this conversation with you before. You said earlier, manufacturers are building more, building more small boats, more programs are buying them. You know, it's clear and obvious. We've sold, gosh, I don't know, 60-something singles in the middle of the summer here this year. 
Will NCAA adopt small boat racing and should they? I think they should. I think in the NCAA, I think there should be a women's pair, a women's single, a women's double. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I'd be surprised if that happened. I mean, the whole thing with the NCAA was that it was a team sport. Um, and while, yes, a single and a pair still are members of a team, um, I just don't think it really fits the image of the NCAA. Is, I mean, there's been, listen, there's been discussion about this from day one, uh, about what events to include, and it comes up every year. But um, listen, the NCAA format right now is really cool. It is, I've said it a million times. I think I told you last time we were on a podcast together. I think the NCAA regatta is the best regatta in the world. It's the most competitive regatta in the world. And um, the format they've got right now uh, is great. And you want to talk about teamwork, I mean, which is what the NCAA is supposedly all about. You know, it's just really cool when you see, you know, the second eight launching to go get their team points at NCAAs and the first eight and the four – um, you know, are screaming at them when they launch and vice versa. When the 1V goes and it's the end of the, it's the, end of the regatta, last race on the schedule, they're launching. If the team is in contention, the 4 and the 2V are going bonkers for them. And that's, that's a team sport. And it's, um, yeah, would, I, would you see the same thing with the pair? Of course you would. But, um, and it's also a money thing. I mean, the NCAA has got a clear, finite budget on what they want to spend for the championship. Mm-hmm. And it's my understanding that uh, the addition of just a couple of people, um, maybe in a pair, uh, as far as the traveling party, the expense required for that, um, isn't enough to justify what it would actually bring to the table. So then we get into the bureaucracy of the NCAA and their decision making, and that's what you're up against. So long story short, uh, no, I don't see it changing at all anytime soon. But you don't necessarily want it to change. Uh, well, it, I, I would I would be up for it, I suppose, if it if it if it kept the same characteristics of it was what it has now. I mean, it, like I said, it's just a really cool event, you know. And um, yeah, but the IRA is cool too. When the IRA had the straight four, it was it was really fun, you know. It was, it's they're great events, but um, at some point, I believe these regattas can get watered down. Um, and I I don't know. I just think the format currently is really cool. But I'm also you know I I don't have much say in the uh, in the. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I was one of the last teams to race the pair at the IRA in 2008. And I'll tell you, man, it was fucking crickets as I was coming down in the yeah, final. Well, your your like, parents were there. No, yeah. Like, I don't know. My parents actually didn't show up for that. Your parents race. weren't there. Your parents left after the 1V. They, yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, you know what? We don't know because the, the pair was one of the first races of the day. And uh, my parents didn't show up until the end. Yeah. So like they they missed me crossing the finish line. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks, mom and dad. That's uh, 12 years of of rowing and competition just out right. the window. Uh, that's that's funny. There's, um, okay, so I'm gonna get into it. You don't need to tell me your figures, but it's so obvious that that when you sell an eight, the price tag of an eight is significantly different than a price tag of a pair or a single, right? Everyone knows it. It's pretty much common knowledge, right? Yeah. But it, but every boat manufacturer, every supplier, everybody in this, in our industry is down significantly year over year. And absolutely. It's, if it's not 50%, it's more, right? And in some cases, it's more. Some cases, companies have failed. I mean, there are companies that I'm not going to make it public knowledge, but there's companies that are no longer in business in our sport. Um, how long do you think it's going to take for us, our industry, to recover from that loss? 
Oh, uh, quickly. It really will. Um, I mean, the industry to recover from the loss, I mean, it depends on what kind of debt you go into over the course of this thing. I mean, we're not, luckily for us, I mean, I can only speak to my specific situation, but, you know, we're not in debt. So um, for us, and we haven't, we haven't, um, we've maintained our whole crew. So uh, for us, it's a matter of just literally the light switch getting flipped and saying game on. And all of a sudden, we've got people in the stands at football. They're playing full schedules. Everybody's safe. Everybody's healthy. People got their budgets back. And then, um, yeah, we're good to go. I mean, there is a lot of people, though, that either had just gotten brand new boats who now there was no season last year. There was maybe no season this year. So their brand new boat they received uh, – two or three years ago it's still brand new so maybe they, they don't need a new boat this year but um um or you know they might modify their schedule a little bit but otherwise um uh, for us personally we can rebound unbelievably quickly you know we just no, I, let's i want to i want to get into though I, I i i agree that because a majority of your business is college rowing look at the other side of the coin high school programs have lost a minimum of two seasons which means those athletes go to other sports. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm usually optimistic here, John, but I'm pretty pessimistic about this recovery. I think it's going to take two years before we start to see a global change in the economy for rowing. Yeah, specific to high schools, um, I actually, um, uh, it's disheartening, but I absolutely agree. Uh, and here's the evidence I've got. I mean, in Seattle here, there's a couple of pretty big time programs that are known around the country that are sponsored by the Seattle Parks Department, okay? And um, that doesn't mean that all of their budget uh, comes from parks department and from the city, but a sizable amount of it comes and that goes to certain you know, parts of their budget. But um, you know, they've been told there will not be a spring. Um, and so uh, the coaches for those programs have moved on to just to other clubs that are rowing, albeit in singles, and are doing it just to keep the kids engaged because you're exactly right. I mean, I think, and all of Seattle public schools are still also only remote. So here's these kids that are going to school all day on a computer from home, and then they can't go rowing. And so, um, or they can only go row in singles at a place that's not even their club or that not their boathouse. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty depressing. And I could see where that could take a kid, a 16, 17 year old kid. And um, yeah, I'd be pretty disgruntled too, if I had to deal with that. And, um, but that's why, yeah, that's why we got to find a way to keep uh, keep these kids engaged because it gets back to my initial premise. I mean, um, uh, it's my mission currently to make sure kids find a way to row. Um, all kids, they got to be able to row because I've been talking to some people about it lately. I mean, I when you look at what's going on in this world from our uh, so-called leadership, whether it's politics or whatever, I mean, uh, there'd be a lot of problems that we're having to deal with or at least hear about daily that uh, if these people had found rowing early on, they'd be different people. They really would be. They'd be different and they'd be better people. And um, so I, I, I'm i convinced more than ever that rowing can save this world. Uh, it, 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 sounds, it sounds a little uh, hokey, but uh, man, uh, I believe it. You know, I, I know you grew up in this era, the Blues Brothers. I can just picture Dan Aykroyd in big old sunglasses, I'm we're on a mission from God. <laughs> like we are on a mission from God to save rowing, yeah. well, and that's pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if uh, you know, it's one of these things though where it's um, listen, this whole Corona thing, as if it, if it hasn't given anybody anything, I mean, I, I really hope it's given 
a lot of people a lot of perspective on what's really important, okay? We all get caught up in our lives. We get caught up in what we do all day. We get caught up with our kids and our families. And, uh, you know, for me personally, uh, COVID has really allowed me to really double down on a lot of things that um, maybe didn't take for granted, but probably shouldn't have given as much attention to as I, um, as I should have, right? Or hadn't been given that much attention to. Sure. And, and so um, uh, when you get down to brass tacks, what's the real value? Um, you know, I think, uh, I think kids need to grow. It's just that simple. Let's, well, let's get into like the summer, the summer seasons. Um, do you have any? That's that's where that's where U.S. rowing shines, right? So we transition out. I mean, I think we, I think we both agree that high school rowing, spring racing, is going to be exactly what it was last year. There's going to be the onesie twosies. We're not going to have any kind of major competition. Are you optimistic that? U.S. rowing and other governing bodies will be able to find a way to race in the summer, to do club nationals, to do those kind of events? Uh, well, I already referred to the NCAA as a bureaucracy. And so um, I'd be remiss if I didn't consider, <laughs> if I didn't call out some other organizations as a bureaucracy as well. And uh, U.S. rowing, I think, um, you know, they might be trying real hard right now and they've got a pretty big uh, they've, they've got their own battles that I know they're entrenched in that they've got all kinds of things they're dealing with and so uh hey man this is going to be another canned answer I'm sorry but I don't know you know uh, I'd like to think that um people just uh people like just like like you actually doing these erg races I mean I just think someone needs to be the the organizer the local organizer and in lieu of these big organizations like the NCAA and U.S. Rowing um, giving opportunity. I think we got to find our own opportunities because, you know, it gets back to literally just keeping kids and athletes engaged and keep them training. You know, um, if, when I was a college athlete, if I didn't see a race on the horizon, uh, I would have found it awfully hard to deal with a Syracuse winter, first of all. Sure. If I didn't know a race was coming up. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about some pent up energy. And so um, I think uh, for most uh, college athletes, kids, masters rowers too. I mean, any club rower. Um, if there's not, if there's not the ability for you to show what you can do, you know, your chance to shine with a race somewhere, you know, that training is awfully monotonous, man. And especially to get high quality training. Um, uh, I don't know how you can have high quality training without a race on the horizon. And I, who I really feel for is the Olympians, the guys that are trying to go to, uh, well, hopefully it's Tokyo and hopefully it's this well, summer. Let, all right. So I read the other day uh, that they're making a decision in like a month if they're actually going to host it. And there are a lot of people that are just saying, just don't do it. We're not doing it this year. Yeah. Man, gun to my head, I'd say, yeah, they're not doing it. You know, how can just, you? You're talking about a million people. I know. Going to, just, not uh, going to one place. Yeah. And here we are. It's January 15th. And, uh, you know, this state can't roll out the vaccine like they said they were going to. Um, yeah. The country as a whole supposedly is having a hard time rolling out the vaccine. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, if, the, if, if the people in charge of rolling out the vaccine had a history of puking after 2K erg tests, I think they'd get the damn vaccine out. And <laughs> I, I, I rest my case. You keep going back to the importance of rowing. I, I appreciate yes. that. I mean, it, it's, it's so simple, but it just, I mean, and, and everywhere I turn, I see, 
general malaise or hand-wringing or uncertainty. And uh, listen, I mean, what rowing teaches you is before you jump on that erg or when you're sitting at the starting line and you look over and you've got, you've got Washington on one side of you and you've got Yale on the other and Cal's two boats down, whoever the hell you are, um, those are the people that are able to make very good decisions and those are the people that are able to perform when needed. And um, I, I just, uh, I, I value those people. People that can do that are my kind of people. No, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I just, uh, I, I, I go back to this thing. I keep thinking about this thing that you said, we just gotta get more people rowing. Perhaps the competition really isn't that big of a deal. You know, I'm looking, I'm thinking back to like my experiences and I had more fun and more memories rowing with my squad than racing. Oh, absolutely. Think you about, that, think about think. when you went on, like when you went on training trips, you know, huh. and huh. just getting shacked up for a week, you know, in Miami or, you know, stuff like that, where we used to go to Miami. Um, you know, it was just, those are my fondest memories. My best, my fondest memories were at Syracuse. We had, um, the IRA uh, was, you know, historically held on Onondaga in Syracuse. But when I was in school, the four years I was there, we only had it on Onondaga once. It was in Camden the rest of the time. But either way, um, school would get out um, at the end of April, the last week of April. Yep. Okay? And then we had what we called IRA camp. And we lived, the Syracuse Boathouse has a big apartment upstairs, plus a huge room that we would have. Um, there were just these um, uh, take apart bunk beds. And the whole team, the IRA team lived in one big room and the school would hire a fraternity chef from you know, who's out of work for the summer basically uh to be our our chef and uh man we had you know three four square meals a day we were having a blast and it was just it was so much fun and those are by far the biggest memories i've got was that time and that camaraderie and all that but you those 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 memories are amplified because as you said you're going towards a race right they maybe wouldn't have been as fun not you know not having a race to look forward to in oh yeah I, <laughs> if, if there was a race i would have been like you want me to live in a in a room full of bunk beds with 60 dudes no i'm going, <laughs> I'm going back to seattle <laughs> yeah you know it's it's uh i i don't like being in a situation where i can't be in charge you know me you know my personality this feeling of just not knowing or not having leadership is driving me bonkers. I just want to say, all right, just you follow me. Everyone follow me. If we screw up, we screw up. Who cares? No one's going to hopefully die, knock on wood. But that's what I feel like right now. I feel like, as you said, one person or a group needs to take charge. And um, it's, I'm, it's itching. I'm itching. Just let's just make a race. Let's just do something and find the best. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I know and there's a handful of coaches I've spoken to already that are just saying, Hey, we just got to get the kids doing something together. So our administration is letting us call, you know, so-and-so and we've got a dual set up, you know, on this weekend. And I just hope for some reason, you know, or, or hope it happens and nothing unforeseen shows up that ruins it. But um, no, I think you need to, again, it's just too, it's, it's, it's too much to waste. I mean, people need to just buckle down and uh, find a way to, you know, figure it out. I, I, just like you, you know, I, I sat there every single day. I'd sit here in the shop with my father. We'd be working on boats and we'd be laughing ourselves as we're, as we're locking the doors saying, this is, this is a recession proof business. Oh my God. And rowing finally met its match. 
like rowing rowers coaches people they grind they fuck they never stop like no matter how hard it is they don't stop but covid pandemic i we hit we found our match the rowers have finally found something or someone that they have a hard time going up against yeah yeah and i um i mean we had uh when when the whole thing first went down back in april um we had an old we, we put up maybe we did it on a social media post but we did a there was an old picture of george pocock standing at a machine like sanding an ore blade back in like you know 1930 or something like yeah. that and we photoshopped onto him a mask and uh, <laughs> back then you didn't you were even if you were sanding red cedar which is arguably the most uh, that's the most like cancer causing element uh, available yeah. in the woods uh, you still didn't wear a dust mask back then but uh we photoshopped on a mask <clears throat> And the, we, the tagline was, hey, we've already survived, you know, one pandemic, we'll survive this one too. And it's, it's true. I mean, um, uh, you know, we're going to survive this. Uh, but what the, what, the, what the sport, the business looks like on the way out, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, f I feel good about it, but uh, that all could change real quickly. I, I never asked you this, but what does it feel like to be the direction, the, the leader, the owner, if you want to use the word owner, the leader of a brand that's been around longer than any other brand in a business like how what do you what, what goes through your head as you lock the door at night and you're leaving um it's pretty humbling it really is uh, and i get um you know i get good reinforcement though from um you know from my dad obviously who um you know was a was a big part of it and still is uh but i we check in with um you know the all of the pococks that were involved with the business, um, except for uh, Stanley's wife Susan, uh, Sue Pocock is is still around, and she's you know she's you know she often likes and comments on our posts that are that are on social media, and I know that she's really proud of what we're doing, and that really that actually means a lot, you know, because um, uh, I know I know Stan would be really happy, and Stan really was uh, ecstatic uh, when he saw what we were doing. He thought the boats. Um, were, were better than he ever could have imagined they would be back when he was designing boats. And so um, that stuff's really fun. And, um, but I, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's overwhelming at times. Um, it's unbelievably humbling when you consider how old the brand is. And we've had a lot of really cool things happen, at least for recognition. We, you know, we were considered, or we were, we were, we won an award last year for being uh, family business of the year. We won an award in Seattle for that from a big business magazine out here. And we were just listed as uh, Composites World's a big magazine um, uh, in the composites industry. It's a monthly rag that comes out. Uh, well, I shouldn't call it a rag. I, I need to give them some uh, some props. But they, they called us one of the top shops in the world. Nice. Um, and so, uh, yeah, stuff like that's really fun and humbling. Um, but they... Uh, um otherwise yeah when i lock the door at night i just say hey i hope it doesn't burn down you know, well, you know I'm, I'm i'm like laughing in my head here there's two world wars vietnam great depression multiple economic downturns unrelenting change in america over and over and over again and there's pocock just non-stop every i mean has gone through it all so it's almost like pandemic you like laugh at it. You're like, you brush it off, say, man, fuck this, who cares? Like, you're gonna move on, no, no problem. As a, every rower in this country, I don't care who you are, if you're an Olympian, 
you always have a coach, right? There's always someone they look up to. And right now, as you put it, rowers, people in this sport need a leader to go to. If you're standing at the top of a mountain yelling down to every rower, as a leader of one of the, as the leader of the oldest brand in the business, what do you tell them right now to make them get through these next couple of months until we get out of this uh, pandemic? What, what message do you want them to have? Oh, it's easy. Uh, strap, strap it on, get in the, get on the air, get in the boat, just miles make medals, baby. Just go, just go row and do your thing. Better days are coming. If you're not in them right now, they're coming. And, uh, you know, if, um, if rowers, you know, of all the other attributes that rowers have, they also have a lot of hope. Uh, <laughs> and that's just because, you know, more like I hope the next piece uh, isn't as painful as that one, or I hope we get our bow ball ahead by uh, the thousand meter mark. Uh, and so um, I think uh, I think their perspective is good, and um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about, really, because um, maybe there is big change that's coming. Maybe maybe this whole thing does change the format of the IRA and the NCAA, and maybe this thing does uh, you know hold U.S. Rowing's feet to the fire and really address a lot of the issues that they've been dealing with that they've either swept under the rug or not dealt with. Um, maybe this whole thing, and when I say this whole thing, I also mean uh, a lot of the stuff that was occurring over the summer. Maybe we do get a whole new breed of people. When I talk about having kids find rowing, maybe we get a lot more inner city kids doing it. And, you know, I could talk about that too for a second. You know, I, I've, I've made it very clear my opinion on, um, for anybody who will listen, you know, the real important things to, um, to getting, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, the typical, uh, basically, non-white people, you know, competing in our sport. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, Seattle um, has been a real, has been at the forefront of, of uh, inclusion for years. Uh, the Pocock Foundation um, has literally uh, written the book on how to get, uh, you know, kids to the boathouse. And, you know, I think the problems are not what uh, some people seem to think they are. I've already made it very clear to those who will listen. It's not a boat thing. There are a lot of boats out there. There's plenty of boats for kids to learn how to row in, whether they're uh, from the inner city uh, or not. Um, the barriers, um, the barriers truly are stuff like, uh, you know, because boathouses are typically pretty remote and probably are not in the neighborhoods of these kids that we're trying to attract to the sport we got to find a way to get them rides to the boathouse. Okay. And, and, and all of the money involved in rowing and all of the leadership in rowing of all the people that are, um, you know, are, are, are involved in our sport. Are you trying to tell me that nobody has a connection at Uber? Okay. Nobody has a connection at Uber who can't say, Hey, um, we're going to scholarship uh, these seven kids to get a ride from their school to the boathouse, a safe ride every day. They can count on it. The car's waiting outside for them, okay? Are you trying to tell me we can't do that? Are you trying to tell me that somebody doesn't want to sponsor swimming lessons to make these kids more comfortable? Um, and this is for all kids. I mean, it's just, it's, these are important life lessons. It doesn't matter, you know, these are the kind of things I think about, uh, you know, about where we can go. And um, th there are things that aren't really getting addressed. I mean, again, it's not a boat issue. There are plenty of boats out there. I want to get kids to the boathouse who may not have the means to do it. And that I believe is a true failure. The fact that we can't figure out a way to do that in this day and age with all the stuff we've got available to us. Uh, I just cannot believe that somebody hasn't found a way to get Uber to give kids a free ride, you know?
Well, there it is, folks listening in. You just heard from the leader of Pocock, the oldest brand in the sport. If you know someone at Uber, make the connection. He's absolutely right. But that is the state—that um, is the state of rowing. You heard it here from Alex Del Soto, Rowers Choice, and John Titus at Pocock Racing Shells. You'll be hearing more from us every single week as we dive into more details of rowing. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. Thanks for listening.